Hey, South Bend City Church, Mariah here, the Director of Art and Worship. We're so thankful that you chose to join us on Good Friday. We wanted to make sure that this entire gathering remained intact, whether it's because you couldn't join us in person but wanted to, or whether you did have the opportunity to join us and want to revisit it in the next couple days. Our time together centered on two pieces, the first being the gospel account of Jesus' death, and the second being the practice of Eucharist. If you would like to join us when we get to that practice, go ahead and hit pause right now and go find some sort of cracker or bread and some form of juice or wine. Jason will lead us through that time when we get there. But thank you for joining us today for Good Friday. Scattered 
wherever you are right now, we take a moment today to simply turn our attention to what happened 2,000 years ago, to Jesus's death on a cross, and to think about what it is that he gave and what he endured and what was revealed that day. And even perhaps to look for a little bit of light in that revelation, because even on this darkest of days, this tragic moment in our history and his, even there something beautiful was revealed. Now, before we hear these readings from the gospel that tell the story of Jesus's death, uh, just, just a word about how it is that we could listen to these stories today. Uh, one, it can be holy and appropriate that we would consider where we find ourselves in this story. Like, how is it that we are also the ones who, with God in our midst, would rather reject God than embrace God? How is it that God is uh, disruptive enough? How is it that we are so invested in the status quo of the way things are that when God shows up and shows us something better, something different, we double down on the way things are and reject God. Like that can be us all the time, right? We all have a capacity to destroy the good and the true and the beautiful. We all have a capacity to come against God rather than to surrender to God. We all have a capacity to reject love rather than to live in it. And we, we see that borne out in a horrific way in the story of Jesus on the cross. So we, we can find ourselves there among those who would commit this horrible act against him. And I say that without encouraging us toward any kind of shame. I'm not saying that we need to beat ourselves up for it, but there is a sacred kind of reckoning when we see the capacity that we have to, to reject God when, God when we find God right there in our midst. Now, that being said, I think there's actually something even more dramatic happening uh, in this story, in the moment of Jesus giving himself and enduring these things on the cross. The brighter story, the bigger headline on this day is not what we are capable of, but how God responds. And if we're a community that finds that God is living God's life in Jesus, that what Jesus does is what God does, that how Jesus acts is how God acts, how Jesus responds to humanity is how God responds. If that's true, if that's what we believe, then what we see in this story ultimately is a remarkable revelation of the enduring love of God. That even when we bring our absolute worst at God, to God, even when we do all of these things to rebel against God or to reject God, no matter how bad that gets, God continues to respond with self-giving, sacrificial love. I say that for all of us. I know there might be kids listening to this story, and I know there's some kind of scary and dark things about this story. I know for me, I've been trying to understand this story for most of my life, and there's still a lot of it that I don't understand. But one thing that is more and more clear to me the more that I meditate on these moments in Jesus's life is that this is a story about the great love of God. And so today, this Good Friday, even as we uh, embrace a sober kind of reckoning with what we see of ourselves in this story. I hope and I pray that even more than that, we would keep our eyes fixed on what we see of God in this story and that we would remember that when we see God in this story, what we are looking at is love poured out and given for you, for me, for neighbors and for enemies, for the life of the world. So now we'll take a moment to simply let the words from the gospel account of Jesus's death speak to us this Good Friday. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans for how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? 
Jesus Barabbas, or Jesus who was called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right, and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli. Lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. And now we'll come together around the table. I know, again, that we might be in many different places uh, wherever you are listening to this right now. And I don't know if you have elements with you. Maybe you do have that bread and cup and so that you can partake. Uh, maybe you're with others, maybe you're alone. 
but no matter what, I hope you know that you're part of this big family that we call the church. You're part of Jesus's family. And together, particularly on this Good Friday, we, uh, we honor Jesus for what he's done and we embrace the fact that he welcomes us at his table as we are giving his love to us. And so if you have those elements, I'm going to encourage you to have them in hand now and to be prepared to receive them. And even if you don't, maybe you'll just um, imagine in your mind's eye the church family gathered, both in South Bend and elsewhere. Maybe you'll think of the last sacred meal that you, you, say you enjoyed with loved ones, friends, or family, and remind yourself of the feeling that you have at that table as you are sustained by the food on it and the community around it. Uh, but if you have those elements now, let me remind you that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat. And he took a cup later in that meal and he said, this is the cup of a new covenant, of a new promise forged in my blood. This speaks of the enduring, unending love of God for us and for the world. And I pray for you wherever you are right now that these elements would be for you and for all of us, the life of God giving for the world. And now I encourage you uh, to take and eat the bread and the cup. And as you do, remember the love of God and find the gratitude in your heart to say thank you for what God has given to us this day.